Welcome back to the Evangelion podcast, where we dive deep into the logistics, methods, hardships, but even more so, the good, beautiful, and powerful side of evangelism here in America and around the world. Today, I am super excited to be joined by Chris Lobos. Chris, could you do me a favor, honestly, but just to introduce yourself, who is Chris Lobos? So, uh, yeah, I was born in Chile in 1976, and um, that's where I I come from. And then I went to the States to Bible college, Mm. and then I spent some years there too. Then I I was with Huawei also for several years, and then I moved to China. Uh, Hong Kong first, then China, and then to Thailand. Uh, in between those years, also I went to. I was in Spain for a year with Huawei. Wow! Um, and since the very beginning, just something like I really love to share the gospel mm-hmm. and evangelize. Wow! So, how did you become a Christian? Uh, actually, I grew up in church. I, I grew up going to church, but I was living like just. Uh, a double life as a teenager mm-hmm. I was um, very very empty very frustrated mm-hmm. and uh, even though yeah the Lord blessed me at the church you know mm-hmm. growing up in uh, in Chile and, and the church it was good but um, um, I didn't know Jesus mm-hmm. I didn't know him so I was I was struggling a lot even with uh, suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. um, just feeling so empty and living a double life because I was going to church but I was hanging out with girls you know mm-hmm. I was I was doing bad stuff you know I was living a life in sin and then um, when I was uh, 17 years old I just cried out to God I said God I don't know if you exist I don't know if everything that I I heard at church is true or not I don't know who you are mm-hmm. I don't know I, I just I just talked you know like that mm-hmm. I pray I'm not sure if somebody was listening to me mm-hmm. yeah. and then uh, that's when God just visited me in my room Mm. And uh, and I felt like God was like the whole universe, you know, just he loved me, you know, like that was the thing. And then uh, I struggled a lot also in relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. And and when I discovered God, like his love as a father for me, just just it was just changed everything for me. Um, and then I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. I started to speak in tongues in my in my in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. So quickly I got involved into in intercession, praying wow. for the nations, praying for countries, and evangelism. So I studied a, a group in in a, a prayer group in a, in my high school. Mm-hmm. Then when I was I went to university, also I started a group there. And uh, I don't know, just I don't call it. I didn't call it evangelism really. Just like mm-hmm. a, ah, you cannot keep it just with you. You know, you can yeah. you cannot. So you need to tell the story. You need to tell what Jesus did in your life and mm. what He wants to do in the life of all the people. So and when you saw, the, I saw the brokenness around. I just started to preach everywhere. Mm. So yeah, that was me. Yeah, that's so cool. So how did you begin that's to evangelize? Yeah. So how did you begin to sh- how did you begin to share or evangelize? Was it like you were kind of challenged by some of your teammates or friends or something like that, or was it like this is kind of just what we do? Like you just can't contain it. It was both because mm-hmm. at the same time, so over there in South America, there was a, like a revival or an awakening mm-hmm. uh, at that time. So many of my friends that they were having the same experiences than me, living the same life than me, mm-hmm. they came to the Lord too at the same time. 
uh, but I didn't know them. So we just met each other. It's like, what? Are you you're here? Mm-hmm. You know, and they had the same stories. So yeah, we couldn't contain it. We just mm-hmm. started. I just started to speak to everybody, even the people in the church, because there were many people that they were. Uh, going bad you know living bad lives and, and they were yeah. going to the church and stopped going to the church and they were living in sin and drugs and stuff like that so mm. i just started to preach to everyone and then um, i moved to another church uh, because that church where i where i grew up it was uh, yeah i just i met the lord so i when i met jesus that also caused a conflict because the church was very traditional so i ended wow. up going to another church where I started with very few people in the street. It was a very evangelistic uh, ministry. So I got used to also to preach with them, you know, going to different places, different towns, in the street. We were in the street uh, four days a week. Wow. So worshiping God in the street, you know, and uh, where there were a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it was just natural for me. And then, I don't know, uh, in South America, we t- I was taking the bus for everything, you know, subway. <laughs> It's a city. It's, it's not like a maybe. It's yeah. not like Colorado Springs, right? Yeah. Maybe more like New York, maybe or something like that. Uh, so yeah, I was preaching the subway, in the uh, in the bus to my neighbors. Also, mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I don't know. There were a lot of scriptures also that spoke a lot to me, very strong. And books actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a new believer, I started to read books like uh, I don't know if you know Passion for Souls. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Me. Uh, I started reading books about revival, uh, Leonard Ravenhill also, and um, so all, and missionary biographies, revivals in Indonesia oh, wow. and different places. So all those books really, Brother Andrew, mm-hmm. so um, all those books really, I don't know, it's just uh, made me, they made me dream, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. That so is so I, awesome. I, I felt responsible for the blood of everybody that was living in my mm-hmm. street, so I have to go preach to all of them. Wow. That is so, so good. So, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Well, first of all, where are you and what are you doing there? <laughs> yeah, right now I am in uh, I'm very near from the city of Valence. Mm-hmm. It's a small city in the south of France, maybe uh, maybe one hour south from, from the city of Lyon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a small city and we live in a village. So what we've been doing since we arrived, it's uh, we started the uh, groups. We started first. We started to preach the gospel, and then we started groups. So a lot of the people that came to the group, they were believers already. Hmm. But I, I tried to mobilize them because they were not engaged in any church. So I tried to mobilize them and train them to do evangelism here, to preach the gospel. Oh wow! Um, so because here in France we are we have a very very small amount of believers. Mm-hmm. Um, very very few and um so that's why i wanted to uh, i felt like the need for evangelism for for people to hear the gospel because they don't know the gospel Mm -hmm. they know the catholic church they know history what the catholic church did during the middle ages and for them christianity is um is an obstacle for for the Mm -hmm. for for the progressive mind so so christianity doesn't have a good name Mm -hmm. and they don't know they don't know nothing, nothing about the gospel except what the Catholic Church in history have done. Mm. So, so they need to hear it. So that's what I wanted to do. And uh, we started a house church. Then we we moved to another place. So we started another group there. <laughs> and then a lot of the people left also because they moved to different cities. Oh wow! 
though then we we found ourselves alone but we keep doing evangelism we're doing trainings also we do um two days and a half of train training where we share the gospel and we try to motivate motivate churches and people that are already christians uh but they they're not living the life of a disciple i mean they're not giving fruits you know they're not sharing the gospel to anybody they don't know mm. how to do it so they they need to know what the gospel is and that this is what jesus commanded us to do you know mm. wow that is so so good so i know in france can you give me like almost like a state of the union like how how is france when it comes to christianity are they really opposed to it are they like like walls up against it and how are the other religions influencing france specifically because i know like Islam has kind of been coming in a little bit here and there, but what has been your perspective on that? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> look, um, the Protestant church or the evangelical church, the evangelical church, I think is 0.6% wow. of the population here. Hmm. Um, then we have the Catholic church, um, maybe I think it's 25%. Okay. And then the majority of people, over 50%, I think France is the third country uh, with the greatest atheist population in the world. Mm. Um, but people in France, what I notice actually, they're really, really open. Not everybody, of course, mm -hmm. but many people, they're really open to spiritual stuff. Really? So okay. they're, you know, like, let me see, in America, mm -hmm. I had the impression that there is a lot of rejection today to Christianity more. It's, a, it's kind of more than before. Sometimes, and, yeah. Um, and they want to move move into a post-modern, uh, post-Christian mm -hmm. um, uh, mentality and philosophy. Yeah. So France yeah. already have gone through that. And where French people are today, they might, I don't know, maybe over 50%, they're just giving themselves to all kind of a new age stuff, occultism, okay. witchcraft, uh, all kind of stuff, healers, hypnotism, um, demonic stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you, yeah, that's the state of where France is. Mm -hmm. Islam, even Muslims also detest those stuff, those things, unless they're, yeah, most, some Muslims they do also. Uh, Islam is about 10% of the population and some French people, they have converted to Islam as well. Mm -hmm. But it's not probably the biggest. Uh, then French people are not converting to Islam. Most of Muslim people, they they're immigrants. They came. It's mm. like, okay. yeah, they came here from from North Africa, and that's why they're Muslims. And they okay. represent about yeah, ten percent, maybe six to seven millions. Mm -hmm. um, and they need to hear the gospel too. And then we have refugees in the last uh, five years, four years that came from Afghanistan, mm -hmm. Iran, Syria. And they have it's a different kind of experience. Mm -hmm. They are more open, probably, because they're not so uh, attached to their culture mm -hmm. anymore. They want something new. Um, but also many are converting to religion, many of them, okay. uh, even Christian, even evangelical, Protestant. But uh, uh, even them, they need also to understand that, I don't know, we have to... It's about walking. It's about work. It's not mm -hmm. just a one act of conversion, convert to Christianity, mm -hmm. you know, but actually it's a work. And we have yeah. to obey. We have to live in obedience. We have to do what he commanded us to do. Mm. So, yeah, that's how it is, France. Yeah. Wow, that's so good. That's yeah. that's super interesting that you've 
you think they've already gone through like that postmodernism kind of feel and now they're kind of reaching back out to a religion or religious ideas and philosophies and they're finding like you said like some sort of weird witchcraft or new age stuff that's super interesting wow yeah, something that i didn't mention too is that there is a there is some ecumenic movement too okay um where you can find a lot of catholics mm-hmm. evangelicals protestants missionaries from different organi- Christian organizations and also New Age people. Mm-hmm. And what I see in those groups are that many, as long as you call yourself Christian, it's fine. Mm-hmm. They're fine with that. Uh, and others, it's more they're just looking for uh, like spiritual manifestations or my, my spiritual okay. experiences. Okay, so okay. that's that's a, a big movement too here in France. Wow. So culturally speaking, how is France a little bit different from the United States? So for example, if I was to come over there, what are some of the things that I should know walking in that are different or, um, yeah, just a different way of life that they live? From the United States. Um, probably things here goes a lot through food. Mm-hmm. Uh, through relationship first, but food is also very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say relationships, they go first, they go slower. Mm-hmm. And if you come from America, uh, something, or even from other countries, it's like, yeah, French people can be uh, sometimes not that easy, mm-hmm. okay? Because they don't have, it depends where you go, okay? It's not okay. every France is the same. Yeah. Like the <laughs> North is different from the South. But, um, for the, for many French people, if you don't speak French, you can never get in. You can never reach them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really really difficult. Um, though I see the young people, they are mm-hmm. changing. Young people, they're more, more open. They they they're seeing the world as a. They want to see. They want to travel. They want to. They want to listen music in English or. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say they're much more open, probably because of internet. Mm, okay. So those are some things, and uh, there are certain aspects. Like in France, always they 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 get wine with uh, charcuterie. How do you mm-hmm. call that? Uh, uh, with some meat or cheeses and yeah. stuff like that. So those are the moments where you can connect with people. Mm. So I would say some things that you have to think about about um, if you come here or anywhere comes here you need to invest in the relationships with people mm. you need to invest so it's good to have like a long-term uh, perspective into relationships and okay. how do you do that like for example evangelism in america i can i when i did evangelism in the states i found that like some people that really knew the bible there mm-hmm. you know yeah. they really knew the bible and I was surprised. Sometimes they don't have the right idea, but they knew verses. They can quote verses of the Bible. Here, it's mm-hmm. not the case. Mm-hmm. Especially young people, they don't have a clue. They have never even probably touched a Bible. They have never seen a Bible, maybe. Wow. So, uh, yeah, and that's one of the things. That is, it will be very, very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is like... Um, I would say to anybody coming to France, do not be afraid mm-hmm. to talk about Jesus. Don't be afraid because you you cannot just do like friendship evangelism always, mm-hmm. you know, like just uh, building relationship and never sharing with people, never telling people. Mm. You have to go for it. You have to go 
uh, take advantage of any every opportunity that, that it comes to you. Mm-hmm. So if, if someone's sick, just just pray, mm. pray for the person right there, you know, and um, and talk talk to talk about God, talk about Jesus. Mm. I would say those things are very important. Wow, that is so awesome and so cool. So. Chris, what have been some of the hardest points that you've had, whether establishing, you know, establishing yourself in a new village in France? What just comes to mind when I say, what are the hardest moments you've had while evangelizing? Uh, I wouldn't say that I haven't been very hard when mm. I evangelize. Um, mm. it's, of course, there's a lot of rejection, mm-hmm. like anywhere, right? and the States also. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's the same. Uh, actually, here I think it's more easy. Sometimes uh-huh. you can feel a little bit pressure if you approach. Yeah, I think it's easier because some some places where I've been evangelized in America, people can even get violence. You know. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so um, I, I don't know. I remember in some some areas in Dallas, mm-hmm. um, around discotheques and places like that. You know. But here, no. Here's it's it's fine. The only thing like. Sometimes you can, uh, yeah, I receive some threats from Muslim people, mm-hmm. from uh, uh, Afghan refugees, especially when I preach them in groups, mm-hmm. you know, so that's something like where you need to be a little bit, it could be, but hard. No, mm-hmm. that was not hard. No, I cannot say anything hard. Rejection is just part of life, you know, no. Yeah. Discipleship is harder. Interesting. Okay. Discipleship is harder. So yep. what? Yeah, what are your disciple tra- discipleship tracks like? Do you get them connected with the local church? Do you do that yourself? What does that look like? Uh, first, I will do it myself mm-hmm. uh, because I want them to to know that they can. They need to as soon as they become believers, followers. They need to know that they're followers. It's not like I don't know. I don't even like to use the term. Oh, I became a Christian mm. because it's like a. It's like a thing, something that is done in that city, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like changing f- from one football team to another one, or changing <laughs> from Democrat to Republican, you know. Okay, yeah. No, some, I prefer that. I, I speak a lot about following the Lord, following mm. Jesus, about being a disciple, you know. So that's a work. It's a work. It's a constant grow, and there is obedience involved in everyday life. Mm-hmm. So I want them to know that they're saved, but they have to learn from the very beginning that they they are called also to share the gospel. You know, mm-hmm. to do what Jesus did, even to heal the sick or cast out demons, all those kind of things. It's just it's just part of the work with Jesus, mm-hmm. being a follower. So that's what I try. I prefer to do it myself. And then they're free, you know. I don't mm-hmm. have any control over the people. So if they want to go to another church, or and so some friends they are in churches, you know, uh, and because they left in different cities, so they are in different churches. Of course, mm-hmm. community, a uh, community believer, believer is very, very important. Mm-hmm. But I can also be worried because I've seen that also in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes if the community of believers is is not really active in obeying. Mm-hmm. Um, in, for example, in evangelizing, mm-hmm. in discipleship, or actually preaching the gospel. Mm. I mean, I will be honest with you. I don't know who is listening to this, but <laughs> sometimes I connect to the Springs Church, right? Mm-hmm. And I I'm, I listen to the message that Michael is preaching. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any church here preaching that message like that. Mm. I don't know of any church. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, wow. It's, it's kind of painful, you know? Mm-hmm. It's painful because the church has to be shaken. And 
yeah, when you hear the church there in, in our church in Coral Springs, we do preach about sin. We talk about sin. We talk about repentance. Yeah. We talk about holiness, you know, about mm-hmm. obedience. We talk about these things. That's normal. Mm-hmm. But here's many of the churches that we know, at least, they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, they, wow. it's, it's a completely different experience. So mm-hmm. it can be even dangerous sometimes to... Um, I, I, I did that mistake when I was in China, just putting people, oh, yeah, I lead them to the Lord, and then mm-hmm. I just put them in a church without paying attention. Yeah. And and they just become, like, lukewarm, you know? Mm. Well, that's good. They became Christian, but not disciples. Mm. Yeah. There's a big difference there. Wow. So what is the kind of the message that the pastors are preaching in those churches in France? Is it a lot of self-centeredness? What, what would you say is the standard message? Uh, I really don't know. I, I mm-hmm. think I, I cannot tell you really. And um, I think it's a bunch of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but what it's lacking is the gospel. Mm-hmm. So when you go and you ask somebody, can you tell me what what is the gospel? That's it. You know, what's the gospel? Can mm-hmm. you tell me what's the gospel in five minutes or ten minutes? Yeah. And uh, so a lot of people don't know, mm-hmm. and and young people also, the teens, they're most. So the kids, when they arrive at the age of 18, they're not following Jesus anymore. I have a lot of friends that are struggling with their kids. Mm-hmm. So we try to help them. And uh, there is a, a, a big need in that area too. Mm. That's good. So kind of a flip question to a previous question I did ask. What have been some of the high moments or best moments that you've had while out there in France? Oh, man. Many. <laughs> good. Many because... Um, um, let me see. Well, one day I was in a refugee camp and I started to talk with some Muslim people and I started to preach to them. And that was amazing because I, because a lot of guys, they came and they started challenging me. But after that, you know, with patience and love for them and compassion, just the discussion turned like really, really good as I was praying in tongues uh, quietly. Uh, when they were talking and the, the Holy Spirit was leading me on how to speak to them, you know, and that was beautiful because I saw them like being touched by the Lord. Mm-hmm. Also, when I visited a friend and his wife heard from far, it's a Muslim guy too, and he and she came and said, I want to know about this Jesus. I never heard about it. I want to know also, you know, and she came and sat with us. So that wow. was pretty beautiful. And also, yeah, of course, when there are, when we see healings, Mm-hmm. You know, when people, people, sometimes they make fun of us. That's part of life also, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, but when they see healings uh, in the streets, one day I went to, uh, I entered a shop mm-hmm. because we were doing a little training. And then we, we show people how to do an evangelize. So um, I was I was with a group of, of young people, and this girl just went to sh- in a shop in a DNC, and actually it was a guy, it's a witch, in the center of the town, wow. in another city. And and this guy sells, uh, I don't know how you call it in, in English, potions? 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 Okay, yeah, 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 potions, yeah. And a lot of different stuff, amulets that people can put in different places, but he's a witch, he's a... He's a I think he was, I don't know, African maybe from the Caribbean. Okay. So kind yeah. of voodoo style too, you know. So so I went there and when I touched the guy, I just touched, hey, God bless you, I said to him. And I, I left the store, but the guy got so mad with me. He started speaking like in tongues, but in other tongues, you mm-hmm. know, and cursing me. And 
And he was so, so mad. He said, you cannot touch me. You touch me. You touch me. He was saying. <laughs> so the guy said, oh, don't worry. God. And, I, and I, told to, to, I talked to him about Jesus a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then when we left, it was a youth uh, group of teens. And, and we talked to them. Uh, just we mentioned Jesus and they all started laughing making fun of us you know and they said hey is anybody here that have any pain you know so one guy said oh yeah I have pain here and and I was with a friend that he was very skeptic he was not even baptized with the Holy Spirit mm. he never spoke in tongues he was he's a he was a doctor actually okay and uh, so he was looking at all this and I look at his face he was so scared and embarrassed you know <laughs> the first time he was doing that and um so I pray for the the one of the teens that got was in pain in his leg, and so the band left. Wow. And then another teen asked for prayer, and another teen asked for prayer, and one girl started to cry. And we were right, just so many people just walking, passing by, and I saw the guy who is a dentist, a uh, doctor, and he was so impressed, you know, mm-hmm. that he that it was beautiful that day. It was. It was amazing, and and that day, this guy he said like, actually I've been Christian all my life, mm-hmm. but I didn't know Jesus. Wow. So he wanted to confess his sins, and he talked about his sins. He told us, look, I've been trapped in pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trapped in uh, sin in my life, and I have addictions. And uh, so he he repented that day. He got baptized. Wow. And so that all that day was amazing. But there's several times that we had experiences like that so it's kind of difficult to pick up one really yeah yeah um i realized that the more we go the more we see things mm. so that's that's beautiful because it's just what god is up to you know mm-hmm. wow that is so awesome well praise god for that story that is so awesome wow so it was interesting that you mentioned earlier that a lot of the younger kids, and I don't know exactly what age range you're thinking of, like maybe 18 or younger, are more open because of the internet and whatnot. Uh, are you familiar with the Barna report by any any chance? Yep. Okay, so yeah, I in, in saw the, something that I recently I saw a report. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So in the most recent one, they said that nearly half of millennials practicing Christianity say that it was wrong to evangelize, and the way that they put it was that it was wrong to share one's belief in hopes that the other person. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on that? Like, if someone was to say, "Hey, what you're doing is wrong. Like, it's wrong to share your or push your faith onto someone else." Okay, that that's what the government tell us here. So we homeschool, and mm-hmm. we have a. Sometimes we have a. They come and check, and they tell us we cannot tell our kids what they they should think. Mm. They should believe. So this comes from the government, and here is general. Even Christians here. That's another thing from the church, because the churches they tell us don't. For example, they will not talk about homosexuality. Mm. They almost don't mention the word sin. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, at least the most popular churches here, evangelical mm-hmm. churches. So it's really complicated, and mm-hmm. they believe you cannot share the gospel. And over here, I believe it's probably about I don't know ninety five percent of the kids. Wow. They go to they spend so many hours at school mm-hmm. listening that God doesn't exist. Mm. Listening uh, over here in France, the mentality is like the, the government's mentality is like the kids belongs to them. Mm-hmm. Even the national anthem says of that kids don't belong to the parents, don't belong to the family, belong to the to the state. Mm. So, so they teach them there, and the kids, even Christian kids, I talk to many, too many Christian kids, even mm. uh, my wife's family, 
uh, kids, they believe in homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, they believe that even if they are, I don't know, lesbians, if they love each other, th- that's what it counts, you know. Christians, they go to church. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really sad because um, in the States, there are so many, there's so much, so much um, ministry towards youth and kids. Mm-hmm. Just at the church, look at the youth group. Uh, the kids, when we were there, we saw how the kids work. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So many people involved, so many teens. I remember I I met some of the kids, some of the teens there, like the coins, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't see kids like that here. Yeah. You don't see teens that want to be missionaries, that want to evangelize, that want to be, I'm talking about between 12 and maybe 22, 23. Okay. You okay. almost don't see that in churches. Wow. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. May, I'm sure if you go to big cities like in Paris or mm-hmm. maybe in Strasbourg, mm-hmm. where there are big churches there uh, and some other places, it might be. It might be. But um, I don't see that very much. I do see few, even that, I don't see many. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We are blessed because we speak English and we disciple our girls you know and we homeschool them we have a vision as a family mm-hmm. uh, some people help us when we were when they were baby and they taught us how to do how to train our kids how to teach them the bible mm-hmm. so they love reading the bible they love sharing the gospel they love telling others about jesus they pray with us you know they're mm-hmm. there also when we ministry when we preach or when we even when we get we get rejected mm-hmm. they are there when they um when we pray for the sick when we pray for people that are demon possess mm-hmm. they are there so they see that they wow. see that it's real good so this even this sunday i'm gonna be with a couple with a family where the kids are getting lost and they mm-hmm. have a daughter 17 years old she believes in homosexuality they're christians she went to church all her life mm-hmm. but they believe in all this stuff mm-hmm. so there is wow. a big war for the for the young minds but saying all of that that is awful there is something that they have never seen. They've mm. seen few of them, even the Christians, Christian kids. They have seen um, one face of Christianity, more traditional, mm-hmm. but they have not seen Jesus in action. They don't know that it's real. Mm. When when the kids they see somebody getting healed, mm-hmm. somebody um, being demon possessed, actually, mm-hmm. when demons manifest, they start. They see it. Actually, this stuff is real. Mm. You know, yeah. and when the demons go out, they see also how how there is freedom. Hmm. Wow, that is so good. Wow, that's so awesome. So, how do you start a conversation? Like you're walking down the the street, and the Lord puts someone on your heart. How do you introduce yourself? How do you introduce the conversation? Oof! You know, to be really, really honest with you, this is so hard. Hmm. It is always hard. It's always, I would say, it's awkward to talk yeah. to a stranger. Some people, for some people, it's more easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, when I was a teen, when I just became a believer, back in Chile, it was easy because the culture also helps, you know. Yeah. But in this culture, French culture is very, very individualistic. Mm. Even in America, in America, it's less individualistic than here. Way less individualistic wow. than here. So. So the, um, it's always awkward, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think if you want to do that, you have to be okay with that, mm-hmm. okay? So there, I think there are two ways, two things to do to, to consider here. 
One is when you go on your, I don't know, you go to shopping and suddenly you start talking to somebody or in, in a natural way, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You come to that person, you discern something and you go for it, mm -hmm. okay? So in those cases, for example, uh, let me see. One day I went to um, uh, to buy something, uh, secondhand stuff uh, from somebody. Yeah. Or a table, yeah. I went to buy a table, not too far from here actually. And... Uh, I just mentioned God, you know. Mm -hmm. I just, I you always, I always like to mention God, you know, give a shema like the Jewish people call it, you know, mm -hmm. and make a statement. Oh, thank God, or something like that, you know. Mm. Okay. And I did something like that. I don't remember which words. And the guy started started to tell me that his wife left him. She mm. wants to divorce him, and so he he started to cry. So at the end, we prayed, and he he came to my home. And then we start talking. He came with his daughter, mm -hmm. things like that. Other times, uh, I just trust God. I saw a lady one day in the mirror, just here in this parking, and I felt like I need to talk to, I need to go and tell her something. Mm -hmm. So I just went and said, like, hey, I feel like uh, God told me that you are searching for God. You're searching for for something else in your life, and that's it. And she said, yes. Wow. You know. So sometimes it's like that. Other times it's just like. I don't, I don't have an agenda. I don't have a, like keywords, you know. Mm -hmm. Now when we go to evangelism in the streets, like uh, like more like a program, mm -hmm. it's always going to be kind of awkward, especially if you talk about God. People don't talk about God here. God is a uh, taboo, mm. you know. <laughs> so you don't talk about God. It's, kind of, it's weird in this age to talk about God, is about Jesus here. So mm -hmm. it's okay. So what I do in that case, I just go and I say... Sometimes I ask people, hey, do you have any pain in your body? Mm. Or I see the person that have pain. If I see the person that, for example, is with crushes mm -hmm. or crying or struggling with something, I just tell them, hey, uh, sometimes I don't ask them. Sometimes I just put my hand there and I start praying. Very short. I don't take too long. Huh? Mm -hmm. And I don't close my eyes. It's very natural. But if there is, uh, for example, sickness or a pain, mm -hmm. I just command the pain to leave mm. in the name of Jesus. And that takes, I don't know, a couple seconds. Yeah, a couple seconds, yeah. Because if I make a long prayer or I start speaking in tongues there or I start like uh, casting out a <laughs> demon right there, of course it will be really weird, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, that, and if it's a long prayer with a lot of religious words and weird words that people are not, you know, it will be it will, it will be too much for them. Mm -hmm. So very short, very, very short. I just command the pain to go. I speak to the pain. I don't speak. I don't ask God to heal the person. Mm. I just, I just, me, I command with authority that he gave me for the pain to leave. Mm. But that takes nothing. It's just seconds. Yeah. You know, seconds. It's one phrase, two phrases. And then I ask the person, how are you? Are you feeling okay? How do you feel, you know? Yeah. So I just go and talk in different ways. I don't have a... I don't repeat the stuff. But it's always kind of hard when I have to make the first step. Mm. That's good. I just need to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. So, Chris, I think one of my final questions for you as we start to wrap up, because I know that your kids are out there. What are they? What sports are they playing right now? Where's what? Sorry. Oh yeah, what sports are your kids playing right now? <laughs> Where's the? Can you repeat? Oh yeah, what what sports are your kids playing right now? I know you said your kids were playing sports. Oh yeah, <laughs> actually they're doing taekwondo. 
Oh, that's so cool. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to make sure that uh, you can pick up your kids in time. So my last question for you was, is if I, if I'm a young student, I'm just about to set foot out in France. I just got off the plane. What would be some of your tips for me to either calm my nerves or would you just tell me, you know, just go and do it, you know, just get out there and drop myself in the deep end. What are some of the tips that you would have for me? Well, first of all, I will not send you alone. Mm. I will not tell, tell you to go alone. I will go with you. I mm -hmm. will show you. Yeah. Um, and then that, that that will become part of your life. But I think when you come as a missionary mm -hmm. uh, for any nation, you need to be very humble mm -hmm. and you need to come as a learner. You come to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, you learn the culture, you learn the language. So you have to have the desire mm -hmm. to learn, you know, and to love people and to have compassion for them. But also that doesn't mean that you have to spend two years without telling people about Jesus. Mm. I don't agree with that. People <laughs> told me that in China and I was like, what? Yeah. No way. Mm. And the same day I arrived in China, I started to preach the gospel. And those people that are today, they're believers, they're disciples. They went to missionary school. They became missionaries. So wow. no, no way. So just go for it. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. You know what? What I will ask you, the first thing probably will ask you if you come here, are you born again? I know you're a Christian, mm -hmm. but are you yeah. born again? Mm. You know, are you born in the spirit? Mm, have, you have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? Because if you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you, you live differently. Mm -hmm. You have a different authority. Really, it's, the Holy Spirit is not something like, uh, oh, yeah, it's good to have it. No, we need it. Yeah. You know, we need the Holy Spirit. We need him. So having having him, we have the whole all the gifts. So that's mm -hmm. very important. So your faith will be and your authority will be different. Mm. So to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to all all of that, and to preach the gospel, if you are full with the Holy Spirit, if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's different. Mm. So that's probably what I will ask you. So learn, but also be led by Him. Mm. That's so good. Wow. To, to not be afraid, you know? Yeah, that's so good. Well, Chris, do you have any... And also preach yeah. the gospel. I think preaching the gospel is really important, uh, Joshua. You know, like we preach so many, so much, so many different stuff. Good mm. stuff. I'm not saying it's bad, you know? But yeah. we have to preach the gospel. And we need, we need to talk about sin. We need to talk about repentance. We need to talk also, even to Christians. A lot of Christians, they need the gospel. They're mm. Christians, but they don't have the gospel. That's good. They're not yeah. yet born again, so they need to be born again. So even Christian people, they need to hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, that is so, so good. Well, Chris, do you have any last words of wisdom? If you were to give a bunch of missionary students some last words of wisdom, would you have any words to say? Oh, oui, ça va. It's just a Muslim friend, uh, Mohammed, actually. The other day I prayed with him. Wow. So what can I say, what can I say to, to what? Yeah, if you had any last words of wisdom uh, to our missionary school of 14 students, because they're about to go to another country, uh, which I'll tell you off, off the podcast. But um, yeah, if you had any last words of wisdom for them, what would those be? Um... I think we are. We need to be sold out for Jesus. We mm. don't live in this world for fame, for glory, for building our own ministry, or bringing my calling, mm -hmm. or material things like giving, having a house, having a car, and all of that, having a diploma. It's not about this. Uh, I think we need to be ready to to die. We need to die to everything, our comfort, mm. and just give, give everything for the cause. Um, and we need to go. Mm -hmm. Whatever he, he, whatever he goes, we need to go. Whatever right. he sends us to go 
and we have to give up our lives for him as he did it for us mm-hmm. so wow. yeah and i will encourage them also to be sure that they're born again you know mm-hmm. that yeah and be full with the holy spirit mm. that's so so good wow all right well thank you so much for chris with, for joining me today and i guess well until next time Thanks so much for joining us on the Evangelion podcast, where we dive deep into the logistics, methods, hardships, but even more so, the good, beautiful, and powerful side of evangelism here in America and around the globe. Catch you next time.